When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we get the inside take from actors, artists, and creators on their work, career, and the things they obsess about. I'm your host, Connie Guillermo. Fans of the long-running Showtime series Shameless will know Cameron Monaghan. When he was 15, he started playing Ian Gallagher, the gay teenage son in this comedy drama about a dysfunctional working-class family in Chicago. Monaghan, now in his late 20s, has been on camera for most of his life, including appearing in over 40 TV shows and films. Next up is Paradise Highway, a crime thriller being released this week. It stars Juliette Binoche as a truck driver who gets caught up in a child slavery ring in the US. Morgan Freeman is the seasoned FBI agent trying to find the stolen girls. And Monaghan plays a special agent learning the ropes in his first foray into the field. You've been at this, what, 40 years? 50. Come downstairs. You won't believe what we found. A kid had been in this cage. We're looking for a girl. Still gets you riled up, huh? How the hell can it not? Well, you said that was last time. Hey, it's for one more. Where's the package? You don't understand. I don't take people. No way I can promise what'll happen to your brother if you don't take the girl where she needs to go. Cameron Monaghan, thank you so much for joining us today on CNET's I'm So Obsessed. I want to Thanks start... for having me. <laughs> oh, of course. I, and I want to start out by having you answer a question that um, a lot of the staffers, when they saw that I was talking to you, had, which is you've pretty much grown up in the mm-hmm. eyes of the public. Lots of people remember your role from Shameless um, and have watched you over the years. And so as somebody who's been in the entertainment industry for a really long time, even though I I can say that you're relatively still young and starting out in your career. How has it changed for you? Um, We've gone through a pandemic where lots of people are binge watching and streaming and not going to movies, although we're hoping people go back to movies. We've been in the era of colorblind casting. All sorts of things have changed. But just from your perspective as someone who's been around for a while, tell us what you think has changed. Yeah, um, you know, It's interesting. Um, I realized recently that I've been working on camera for over 20 years at this point. I shot my first movie when I was eight years old. Um, And, you know, I can't speak for the entire industry at at large. Uh, I think that that is a a question bigger than me, but I can speak for my own um, process, my own self. I was very lucky that I worked on a show show called Shameless for 11 years. Um, I started working on the show when I was 15, about to turn 16. And we finished up when I was 27. Um, And that's a, I think, a very important time to uh, understand yourself as an artist, as a performer, 
Um, and I was very lucky to be surrounded by some truly phenomenally talented people. Um, William H. Macy, uh, Jeremy Allen White has been proving uh, just how good he is and how we've always known how good he is recently. Um, you know, uh, our entire cast it has been phenomenal. Um, and I was lucky to be able to work um, with people who love their jobs and are excited about it in ways that I think are, um, I understand. Um, and I was lucky enough on a show like Shameless to be surrounded by people who all had their own individual passion. You know, we had actors like Shanola Hampton and Steve Howey on that show who were phenomenally talented comedic performers. What was interesting was, um, you know, we shot the final season during the pandemic and I didn't have the next thing. I didn't have the security, didn't have the safety net of that. And that was an interesting moment. And so um, I took this job, uh, it was a film that I shot in Montana and uh, it was an offer and without throwing anybody under the bus for what that was, um, the project wasn't in great shape. Um, it was dark and about really heavy subject matter and yet, there was something that was beautiful and vibrant and human about it. And uh, I asked to be a part of it. And so this first movie came out and um, it The one was that you weren't happy with. The one that I wasn't happy with. Mm -hmm. And my suspicions were confirmed about it. Um, it had a very, very rough reception, um, critically, financially, everything. And I learned something in that, which is that I don't ever want to do something that I don't believe in. And I, I, to me, I personally would rather not work than to work on something that um, I just don't have that passion for. That's a good, that's a good segue mm -hmm. um, because I did, I got to see Paradise Highway and we'll, we're gonna talk about that in just one sec. But before mm -hmm. I move to that and also, Shameless, those are both heavy. And we'll tell our, sure. our listeners about the, the topics. But I want to know as a kid, what was your favorite movie as a kid? What impressed upon you the most? And you're like, ah, I got to do that. I want to be that. I have always been obsessed to bring the name of this podcast in. I've been obsessed with um, film, with performance, um, with acting uh, from a very young age. You know, uh, when I was... 10, 11 years old, I would walk to the, I'm going to age myself a little bit. I would walk to Blockbuster Video and uh, I would rent tapes and um, that I was lucky enough that they usually would let me rent uh, PG-13 and sometimes R-rated movies without stopping me. So that was cool. Um, and I got obsessed with specific filmmakers. I, I watched a lot of um uh foreign film kung fu movies and, and independent movies and uh i really grew to love whatever cinema means in in a modern context to love this stuff but uh my obsession with filmmakers as i've gotten older is less about the mythology of the auteur and more about the individual film and the story and 
to me, some of my favorite movies now are the ones that don't necessarily call so much attention to themselves as the auteur filmmaker, if that makes any sense. And yeah, like I, just I, give I, us an example. Like, what do you want to, like, what's um, on your list? Desert Island movie. What would you watch? Um, I really love the movies by Lynn Ramsey. Um, she has uh, one called Ratcatcher that I think is just incredible. Um, uh, Derek C. in France makes in incredible movies. So like Place Beyond the Pines, uh, Blue Valentine. Um, th there are these movies, Blue, White, and Red by uh, Polish director uh, Kieslowski, who I think is amazing. And also uh, my favorite of those, Blue, starred Juliette Binoche, who was in uh, uh, Paradise Highway. And so I was very, very excited about that. You know, the, those movies that I liked a lot when I was younger, I see a prevailing theme of um, conflict of violence. You know, um, they, they, there's nothing wrong with grit and violence and blah, 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 some faux masculinity, whatever. And I think that there are stories that you can tell about that stuff. But a lot of the movies that intrigue me more as I get older are about sensitivity and they're about, there's a space for humanity and of exploration of these things that are softer and um, wonderful and um, approaching difficult subject matter with a joy and a this romanticism, not romance in a um, intimacy sense, but romance about life of the world, of the beauty of the human experience, I think is um, very special. Well, I wouldn't have faulted you if you had said like Goonies or something or whatever. <laughs> sorry, so just... <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that was the most pretentious. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I can swear, but that was the most pretentious <laughs> answer I could have given. I don't know. I, I, you know, I love. Don't get me wrong. I like. I love like John Hughes '80s movies, that kind of stuff. I love blockbusters. Like, give me, you know, give me Jaws any day. Like, give me that stuff. That all that is great. But the movies that I, I think about at night as I'm closing my eyes tend to be uh, these movies that are just a little bit um, quieter and that and they, ha they have the, a different way of getting under your skin. Well, that, that then speaks to why you would be interested in Paradise Highway and also mm. even Shameless, because for people who don't mm. know, Shameless is a TV show about a working class family in Chicago. And it's very honest and authentic about trying to portray these people this family in a less caricature way than I think a lot of other uh, shows of, you know, downtrodden or lower class or middle, even lower middle class families had been portrayed. And you played a member of that family. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell us just briefly about that role? And then, then we'll talk about Paradise Highway, which is also about something very real in our society and that's been treated in a real way. Yeah, you know, so I think you gave a, a good summary of Shameless. It's this family in Chicago who's living on the South Side. Um, they have very little money and they're struggling just kind of to survive. Um, you know, they're they're to say they're paycheck to paycheck would be an understatement, and they're kind of having to um, scam and sometimes steal their way just to be able to live. Um, but what I loved about the show was it had these characters that, for example, my character Ian um, at the start of the story uh, is gay living in the ghetto and he wants to be uh, a soldier. Um, and yet 
the preoccupation with the character was not simply that he was gay. He was a uh, well-rounded and interesting human being. He was able to, uh, he was flawed. He was able to make mistakes. We were able to understand him. Um, he had conflict, he had interest, he had development. Uh, all of these characters, you know, it, it, not only is was the show uh, respectful in how it portrayed uh, people from um, this background, but also, it was funny and audacious and ambitious and it didn't ever allow itself to just be one thing and it kind of gave a middle finger to everybody and anyone all of the time and uh, without patting ourselves on the back too much I do think it kind of changed how some of this stuff was portrayed in um, in media you know in the future at least in American media. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, let's switch then to Paradise Highway. I, I, I got to see it yesterday, so I watched the movie and I would not say it's funny. It's about child trafficking in the United States and the community that inadvertently gets caught up in it. In this case, Julia Binoche as a female truck driver, uh, you know, traversing the South. You play a junior or not, maybe not junior, but up and coming FBI agent compared to Morgan Freeman who plays the seen it, done it, has lived a very hard life in the reality and is trying to get you sort of out of the out of the office and into the real world to see how you handle problems. But it, it takes on a topic that I don't think, as you say, many movies have explored, which is child trafficking in here in the United mm -hmm. States. So what drew you to that? You said that script when you're in the bad movie, which I don't know what it's called. So we're just going to call it the bad movie. I don't want to call it the oh, bad movie. I'm, the not, unfortunate I'm, not, I'm, not, movie. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was the one that was uh, challenged by circumstances and situations, so much of which was just beyond anyone's control. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because I actually think there's a lot of really, really talented people who were involved in that thing. But it's so much of the time when you make anything, it's this real gamble where you put in so much uh, time and energy into this thing. And it's very easy to watch anything and just be like, oh, that's crap, I hated that. But when you actually are making things and you have experience making things, you know how much of a miracle it is just to see anything made ever. And so for it to then turn out well is just like a, that is a miracle within a miracle. But anyways, um, for- Okay, for we're not gonna yeah. use the bad movie analogy anymore. Cause it led you to a project that you believe in. Exactly. Paradise it, Highway. Exactly. And, and, and Paradise Highway, um, I, I play special agent Finley Sterling, who uh, is a recent graduate from Yale, has gone through the FBI Academy, has been working at, at desk jobs and asked for um, field experience as opposed to being a pencil pusher. So he gets a, assigned a murder case uh, involving human tra trafficking and sexual slavery and uh, a, a advisor of a former FBI agent played by uh, Morgan Freeman, whose character has over 50 years of experience in the FBI. Um, what, I, what I really liked about the script was that it, look, when you say 
words like human trafficking or sexual slavery, I think it's very easy for your brain to kind of shut off because it's so bleak. But what I liked about the script was for as dark as the subject matter was, it wasn't preoccupied in just sitting in this misery, but instead it was finding these elements of these characters and exploring them from a human perspective of finding the beauty in these moments. And um, specifically um, our main characters uh, played by Juliet Binoche and Holla Finley, um, who is a truck driver transporting this uh, 12 year old girl. Um, that dynamic I thought was just really special. There was something about that that I thought was pretty achingly human and something that I related to and I think most people will. I can just say to me, it was a movie about yes at the high level about this sex trade and trafficking but it was about humans trying to find a connection right mm -hmm. that's ultimately what brings Juliet Binoche the character and this young girl together it's what brings the two FBI agents young and old together is people solving problems or just trying to connect and live their life in a meaningful way whatever yeah. that might be could be small yeah. it could be big right but, these these characters get put into very difficult circumstances and it asks the questions of what they're going to do within those circumstances and uh you know can't say exactly what they are but um i appreciated the choices that were made well that movie is coming out shortly but i want to go back to another role that you played actually the twins in a dc comic series mm -hmm. gotham the precursor to the joker are you a comic book fan tell us about your role there yeah, no, I, I grew up uh, as a avid, avid comic book reader, and um, I was specifically a huge fan of, uh, of Batman, and uh, I do think that there's no greater villain than the Joker from comic books, and uh, yeah, that was one of those crazy, surreal opportunities. Um, you know, I was... Oof. 18, 19 years old when um, I got the offer to be, um, I basically had one scene in this interrogation room scene where I kind of reveal that my character is this horrible psychopath who has uh, murdered his own mother. And um, we very strongly hint in that scene that uh, this character might be the Joker. Um, and so I thought that you know, that might be my one opportunity to do it. And I uh, was very thankful for that. But then I can continue to kept having the opportunity to play with this character, uh, as well as <laughs> eventually his brother over the course of five years. And uh, to be able to, to touch uh, such a seasoned comic book world and mythos, and to be able to also do something new within it was, um, I mean, that was a huge honor. That was that was an absolute honor. More fun to play the villain or the superhero, you think? You know, I still haven't been a superhero, so I don't know yet. All right. I don't know. We'll, but, we'll circle back on that one then. But I don't know. Maybe villains are like blondes. They have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The name of this podcast is I'm So Obsessed. So Cameron, what are you obsessed with? Um, my most recent hobby, I guess you can call it, it's not even a hobby because it's still so new to me, but, um, I've been trying to learn how to paint. And so I've been le learning, um, oil painting as of late. I've been taking like 
fine art classes. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. Um, I used to draw when I was younger, and then I didn't pick up a pencil for like a decade. And um, so now I, I don't know. I've just always had a curiosity about like visual art, and it's something that I wanted to learn how to do. And I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. And it's the hardest thing I've done in a long time, but I'm really enjoying the process of learning how to how to use the medium and what it is. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's my recent obsession. Uh, impressionist, modern, abstract? <laughs> I'm, I'm not there yet to know my style, but I don't know. Uh, when I was, uh, whenever I'm traveling and, and you know visiting like uh, museums in France or something like that, I've always been obsessed with the impressionists as, as well as like the Renaissance realists, you know, I mean, your Rembrandts and your Caravaggios and all of that. And uh, I am never going to be able to get to that level, but uh, to be able to paint something that looks like the thing that I'm trying to paint is already uh, a good starting place. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, getting your hands dirty and playing with paint releases your inner child. So maybe exactly. there's something for that. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to ask you just a couple of rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, seen at the tech site in large part, but what's your favorite piece of tech? What, 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 what do you call, what do you count as tech? Do you call a camera like a film camera tech? <laughs> yes. It's, it's up okay. to you to define tech. Um, <laughs> okay. I love my film cameras. 35 millimeter. Or I have both uh, uh, 35 and well, no, I have a 120 millimeter uh, medium format format cameras as well. And I also have um, a bunch of old Polaroid cameras that I also really enjoy. And um, yeah, I've been working with larger format than 35 millimeter. And um, that has been really fun to be able to learn that. If you could have one piece of tech invented just for you, what would it be? Oh, a teleporter so I can avoid any sort of traffic <laughs> in Los Angeles. If you could share one piece of advice, what is the one piece of, tech, uh, of advice that you would share? Look, this is a cliche, but I think it's a cliche for a very good reason. When people say um, success is opportunity meets preparation, I really do believe that uh, there is an element of luck to all things, but you can lay groundwork to trying to make um whatever your goals are a reality and to be prepared and to try to understand whatever it is that you want to do as much as possible do your research learn be curious stay curious never stop learning like you know maybe at one point that um that chance will come up and you want to be able, be able to be the most prepared that you can be for when it does so that that's all i really can say is there a, a moment that you can share when that uh being prepared and being ready really played off for you, played, played out for you? I mean, this is a non-answer, but it's true. Every role, I mean, uh, you're, everything is going to be a challenge and everything you're going to, if, if a role is really good, um, if it's going to be good for you, it probably is going to mean that it's slightly out of your element it's slightly out of the realm of what you feel comfortable doing. And you need to push yourself and to take those swings. And the only way to do that is to have experience and feel confident in yourself that you're going to be able to pull that off. It's just a basic element, but it's so much easier said than done. Um, you know, uh, I think that I'm my own worst critic, uh, but I think that that's uh, good because it drives me to want to learn. 
Well, what you're also saying is take risk, but yes. walk into it knowing what or how to or be prepared for the risk to the best that you can be. Yeah, I mean, you know, usually there's not any downside to putting yourself out there besides getting a no. And I mean, we can deal with no, you know, and, and if it works out, then, you know, what, what bring out another cliche. It's like when you shoot for the moon and you miss, you end up in the stars, you know, I don't know. There's something to be said about that. That's a nice cliche. I like that one. I'll yeah. take that. Cameron Monahan, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Cameron Monahan, for talking to me. And thank you for listening. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Danielle Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell. And this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleener. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. Until next time, take care.